I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. She starts yelling, I hate you, Mary Ingalls. And I'm like, girl, I feel seen. and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Jen, good morning. Are you super excited that we're at the Mary Gone Blind episode? Oh my god. This was so dramatic. I remember this episode like, like it was yesterday. Well, I didn't remember it being in two parts, but... I remembered basic... I, actually, I don't remember the second half of it as much, but the first half I remember. So we, um, we're we going to do part one this week, guys, and part two next week. We were originally going to do them together, but there's just so much. There's so much. Yeah. And it's such a pivotal episode for the series that we just, you know, we wanted to split it up and give each half its due. We had a long discussion about how important this work was. <laughs> We're doing important work here. <laughs> so we decide on two episodes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jen, any news, anything going on? The only news I have is that our anniversary edition will be dropping on Thursday in three days. Oh, good. Exciting. Okay. Yeah, we've received, you know, we're recording this early, obviously. It's the uh, last couple days in May, and we've already received a, over a dozen questions. So I'm excited. Some of them are not so great. Thanks, Ken Powell. What did she write? She wrote, why do you two suck donkey balls? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Always the troll. I love so it. we're not, we're not answering that. <laughs> nope, we're not answering that. We are not feeding into your trollism, KP. Oh. All right. So, um, yeah, so that'll be dropping Thursday. And then again, part two of this will be dropping next week. So, Jenny, let's just get right into it. We got a lot to do here. So this is Little House on the Prairie, Season 4, Episode 21, I'll Be Waving As You Drive Away, Part 1. The description reads, Long hours studying by candlelight for the state teacher's exam results in tired, blurry eyes for Mary Ingalls, prompting a routine visit to the eye doctor. But when Charles is told that Mary's worsening sight is just the beginning of a much more serious problem, the concerned father can't bring himself to tell his beloved daughter that she will most certainly become blind. All one sentence. Yep. Question. They use the Oxford comment, though. 
question. Oh. Yes. I'm raising my hand. This could be one episode. Could this it? could be one episode. Yes. I, as we go through, I will point out what the fuck is this part doing in here. We don't I feel it. like the first episode could have been way shorter. The yeah, second one I thought was good. combined with the second. Yeah. The first one, there was a lot of extraneous shit in it. You're right. Yes. Yes. Like, why the two-week break from school? What did that serve? Why the whole Grange thing? Well, they had to do the town no, breaking that, down. that yeah, worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was the two-week break from school and then Mary's love interest. Yeah. Wow. That was no badly point. written. No. Okay. All right. We open on the school where Miss Beadle, who's now going under the pseudonym Miss Sims, which we're not accepting. That's not a pseudonym. <laughs> That's and it's Mrs. Sims. We're not accepting it. No, we just call her Beadle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we open on the school where Beetle is missing. Nerd alert, Mary is all oh ready to God. teach because God forbid they don't have school. She's the one who would like, if the college professor didn't show up, she'd be like, well, let's just all study. Yeah. When you're like <sighs> counting down to have 15 minutes when you can mm-hmm. leave and mm-hmm. it doesn't count as an absence. God, yeah. she's a nerd. Yeah, that's bad. Just as, just as Mary's ready to convene the class, Mrs. Olson informs them that Miss Beetle's baby has the measles. And they all cheer. <laughs> Jenny, is it the baby? Because they say Luke. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm, no, that's older the older kid. one. That's the older kid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the older kid. The ba- the baby's name's something different. It's not Luke. It's the okay. older kid. That little baby is so cute. Nothing better happened to that little thing. No, it's the older kid. Okay. But measles is deadly and highly contagious at this time. <laughs> and they're all like, yes. Yeah. You know, I think that's a normal part of adolescence when you wish death and disease on your teacher's families because you just want to get out of school. There's like, because it's basically like a two-week quarantine. They want to keep them all apart. It's it's no offense to the teacher. So, Miss Beetle has to quarantine and no school for two weeks. And I almost thought Mary was going to be like, well, I could teach for two weeks. Right, but they have to probably, they have to keep the kids apart just yeah. so it doesn't spread. Now we see Laura approaching a rando at the creek. Why, Aim? Why? Why she's, is she approaching no, a rando? Because no, no. she's going fishing and he's there. In no, her spot. because there is a raging infectious disease in town. So Laura has to go hang out with random people. <laughs> That's why. He's like, why don't you sit down and tell me about yourself? And she does. No, Laura. No, 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 no. 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 Um, I wrote, this guy is going to end up dead, as many strangers do when they cross paths <laughs> with her. <laughs> so the dude calls Laura Brown Eyes, and his name is Seth Barton, and he's new to town. And I have mixed feelings about him, because he's not gross. He's not gross. But he's, like, a little creepy. Yeah, he's got, like, a, he's got like a swagger. That's he's got, really... like, a Rico Suave vibe. Is that that Ricky Martin song? <laughs> you know Ricky Martin's gay. I know Ricky Martin. That was gay. the funniest thing is that it was so clear and obvious. <laughs> like yeah, all these no. women were like Ricky Martin. Jane, did you just out Ricky Martin? No, he's been out for a long time, oh. but he wasn't out at that time. I know. All right, so he tells Laura he's having good luck today because he's made a new friend. Then he walks her home, and when he does, he spots Mary, and of course falls <laughs> under her spell. He's like, like, oh my who's god, that? who's that, babe? Oh my god! I okay. wrote, here we fucking go again. To be fair, he's Mary's age. He's not. He's clearly Mary's age and not Laura's age. But why? Mary is not that hot. Why is everybody like, whoa? Like you'd swear it's Cindy Crawford, nineteen eighty nine. I don't know. 
Jesus. Maybe it's a blonde thing. I don't know. He blatantly does, like, Jen, Mary does not ooze sex appeal. Can we agree <laughs> on that? <laughs> but we don't, we're going from a standard of, you know, like the, like, to that, like the 21st century. Like, what? I don't know. So I don't you, know what the 1870s were like. Say you had to date Laura, Mary, or Nellie. Who would you pick? I kind of like Nellie's witchiness. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Mary would be the last person I would pick. I don't know. Today. I think Laura would probably be the last person. Oh, gosh. She's so annoying. So he blatantly ditches Laura and asks Mary out on a date right in front of her. <laughs> and I wrote, if this is based on the books, we can understand why Laura paints Mary as the absolute worst. Like, has Mary absolutely stolen every boyfriend of Laura's? Probably. At dinner, the girls are talking with Pa about their plans for the two weeks off. Nerd Alert is going to study to take the teacher's examination. Right, because why have a vacation? Mary tells Pa, then Mary tells Pa, like, Laura has no plans. Laura's gonna, like... Wing it. Wing it. Try to get, get someone this, killed. Try to seduce this dude. <laughs> I don't know what her plan is. So then Mary tells Pa there's a new boy in town, and Laura's like, yeah, and you fucking stole him off me. And Mary's like, he's not even your age. He's not. And you know, Whatever. like, at that age, like, three years is a huge deal. Whatever. So then Mary is, like, rubbing her eyes, and she tells Pa that her eyes are bothering her, and Charles is like, you need an eye checkup. Pa, like, is, like, all about preventative health. I was impressed. I, this episode, Charles shines. I don't think that, I mean, was preventative health really a big thing then? No, I, feel, I don't know. I feel like but he went he, to the doctor when he had a problem. But he shines okay. in this episode. Okay. The next day, we see Seth and Mary frolicking in a meadow. Were they rolling around on the ground? I, I don't know. Then later we see Mary going to visit Seth at the livery. Is that where he is? Yes, he works okay. at the livery. Okay. okay. With rec- recurring character, what's his name? Hold on. Dumbledore. Oh, <laughs> right. Mary Potter. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, guys, um, if you haven't seen our bunny episode, right. Um, Dumbledore runs the livery. <laughs> and Aim, you know what the livery is, right? It's where the horses live. Right, where they park yes. the horses. I only know that because of the episode where Charles steals it's a not, horse. It's not necessarily like a stable, I don't think. It's like where they, I mean, it is. But it's like, where they shoe them and take care where, of them. It's and, where like people would come from out of town and park their carriage, too. Yeah, they park, the, they pack up the team there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so then we see um, Laura going to the livery to see Seth, and he's all happy to see her, but guess why he's happy to see her? So she could give Mary a message for him. So she could give Mary a message, and I wrote, justice for Laura. This to is be, fucking ridiculous. To be fair, Laura, we've talked about how she can't read people. She never understands when she's in the friend zone. Like, she just never understands <laughs> Because it. she's always in the friend zone, because she has... Christy Brinkley as her sister. No, she had had boyfriends. Jenny, this is ridiculous. That were her age. Because she's always trying to go out with somebody who's like 20. Well, who's she going to pick? Carl's Jr.? There's a bunch of, yeah, there's a bunch of kids her age. (laughs) She puts all the kids her age in the friend zone. And then she's scratching her head when she doesn't have a boyfriend. Whatever. All right, now we see Mary and Pa at the eye exam. Now, this scene was extraneous. Not this guy again. They could have went right to... The second time he takes right. her to the eye doctor. Yeah, this was super weird. Why? He takes her to the eye doctor. The eye doctor tells her everything's fine. Makes you no sense. You just need a stronger prescription. So she gets the stronger prescription and boom. And did you pick up on this? Charles wants to stay in the room and see it because 
He's never seen equipment like this in Walnut Grove. Because <laughs> we only have that prehistoric <laughs> shit back in Walnut Grove. Okay. <laughs> like, like Doc Baker's using leeches and shit. I know. I know. So now we see dinner at the Ingalls and Mary and Seth are there. Apparently, Jen, they're a couple now because they leave the house like this. This escalated quickly and I don't buy it at all. There's but a lot of time jumping in there. There is, though. And at least they, at least, A, they're time jumping. So at least, like, that's real. So you can, yeah. like, suspend disbelief that they're, that they've been together for a little while. Right. And they give us a little better indicators. Yes. Yes, yeah. I agree. So, Mary is really falling for this dude, but, like, we know nothing about him, and I half suspect we will never see him again. They're like, it's good to have you back. And I'm like, she was gone for a day. Weren't they, like, gone for the day? To see I know. Him? I have that in here. He's like, it's good to have you back. And she's like, it's good to be back. What? what fuck? She was, she was gone for an afternoon. Yeah. So, then we have a great scene where Laura sees them kiss, and she starts yelling, I hate you, Mary Ingalls. And I'm like, girl, I feel seen. Yes. Probably the smartest thing Laura has ever said. She's like, I hate you, Mary Ingalls. They're at now, that age Jenny. where they just hate each other. Now, Jenny. Hmm. They could have used this part of the plot if Laura had wished bad things yes. on Mary. Yes. And then felt I was thinking guilty the same thing. on the back end. Like, oh my God, I, you know, I said I hated Mary and I feel guilty about that now because she's blind. But no. I thought that was going to happen. I was totally waiting for that to happen. That didn't happen. So this part serves no purpose, no purpose. to the plot. Why no are we purpose. here? Yeah. It doesn't even serve character development. Nope. Because we don't even know anything about this asshole. Nope. Nothing. No. Okay. So later we see Charles at Hanson's. And Jonathan and Hanson are upset because the railroads, Jen, are starting a war and they're trying to bust up the Grange. The railroads were evil. They really were. They really were. So they are not shipping. So the railroads have decided they're not shipping to any members of the Grange. So they're not shipping anything to Sleepy Eye or to Walnut Grove. And Charles is like, well, there's still wagons. But Jonathan's like, no, they're going to, like, try to sabotage where, that where, or like, something. Well, well, but other towns, like, you know what I mean? Like, the mm-hmm. railroad brings it out and then it gets distributed on wagons, like, more closely. Yeah, so, like, you still need... That's like getting rid of container ships, right? And saying, oh, yeah. we have trucks. Like, you still need to get that stuff from somewhere. It's... Yeah, how are we going to get everything from China? Well, all right. That might be yeah. a different situation. But. All right. So, that night, Charles and Caroline are still discussing this because it's in the paper. So, Charles is, like, reading the paper and he's mm-hmm. like, here's what's going to happen. The Grange is going to sue the railroads for, for refusing to ship. And Caroline's like, well, that's good. But he's like, Carolyn, the railroads have, like, so much money. Yeah, they're going like, to They're just going to keep yep. fighting this and tie it up in court. And at this time, there wasn't a lot of the rights in place for no. workers, for, no. yeah, Mm-mm. for these kinds of things. Like, it was, this it was, was a... unbridled capitalism, basically. Hey, railroads, fuck off. <laughs> they're dicks, man. Yeah, yep. Jesus. I wonder if it's that fucking douchebag that hopped on the caboose. No, Willy Wonka. Racist Willy Wonka? Racist Willy Wonka was on the crew doing the, the tunnels. But remember the guy who hopped on the caboose and said to Carl's Jr. Oh, that boys yes. like to pull and yank on things? Yes, that <laughs> guy. If it's that oh, I'm sure he's involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a big wig. Okay. And then did you notice something else happens? What? Grace cries. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot about Grace. Grace cries. Grace cries. <laughs> and I bet that there's not a baby on that set. I'm like, they just had to make her cry in the background so that, like, we didn't forget about her. Did you notice the best thing that happens? We don't get a word of Carrie. 
No, she has. Does she have braces? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jen, as they're talking, Mary is squinting really hard to see her book and Charles and Carolyn notice. And Mary says, this new prescription isn't working as well as it was. And Charles is like, well, we better take you back in. Why? Why are we doing this? Why didn't we just Why jump right we to the this? blindness? Yeah, this was this felt like just, I was like, what is happening okay, here? Whatever. Yeah. So now we see Mary at the eye doctor again. But we know it's two weeks later because he mentions that he was sick two weeks ago yes. or something. Yes. Yeah. And I thought when the doctor said he was sick, I thought, oh my God, did the doctor give her something to cause her blindness? <laughs> yeah, same. That's, yeah, that's what happened. So the doctor asks her to leave and tells her to send in paw. And I wrote, if your doctor tells you to leave and wants to talk to your parent, you're fucked. You're, you're dying. Fucked. You're done. You have some yeah. kind of terminal yeah. illness. <laughs> okay. The doctor blames Mary Scarlet Fever for her going blind. Well, did you like how he took her medical history? He's kind of like... Like, oh, yeah, I was sick. Like, have you ever really been sick? Just ask her what disease. You're her doctor. Just be like, what diseases have you had? So the dude tells Charles that because of Mary's scarlet fever, she's going to go blind. And Charles is devastated. Loses his shit. Jenny, I wanted to comfort him in this moment. He was so upset. His little eyes were like red and watering. I have mixed feelings about this. He was starting to cry and I was crying. I was like tearing up over this. And he refuses to tell her and they leave pretending everything's okay. I have an index card. Okay. So I've done an index card on Mary's blindness before, I think. But I know I did not come across some of this information. Well, I'm glad because I started looking up what caused her to go blind. And we all know how I do research. So I'm glad you did. Did Mary go blind from scarlet fever? So Mary went blind in 1879 at the age of 14. Between 1840 and 1883, scarlet fever was one of the most common infectious causes of death among children in the U.S. Fatality ranges were 15 to 30 percent. That's crazy. Wow. From scarlet fever? Yeah. I mean, it was bad. It Oof. was real bad. Thank God and we do, have a vaccination for it. Well, I don't know that we do. We have a vaccination for the measles. Scarlet fever, we may have a vaccination now, but it kind of, the fatality rates dropped like dramatically and no one really knows why. Oh, okay. It was interesting, but I think there's probably a vaccine Maybe we for just it now. had like medicine to treat it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was the, that, but the, the fatality rate dropped before antibiotics and they oh, don't know weird. why. Okay. Super weird. But um, like measles, which had an even higher fatality rate, we have a vaccine for it for sure. As late as 1910, scarlet fever was cited as one of the top causes of blindness along with measles. There is not a, a specific causation, though. So like they don't they haven't been able to link a specific causation between the two, but they've tracked it to like, you know, we, we think there's they know there's a correlation, not a causation. We can discuss the difference between that later. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It is possible, given the epidemiology, that Mary could have contracted scarlet fever and could have gone blind from it. However, evidence from the newspaper reports of Mary's illness. Uh, What? It was in the Uh, newspaper? (laughs) I know. This is why I was like, what? And from Laura Ingalls' memoir, not the novels, suggests that this is unlikely. Oh. In her unpublished memoir from 1930, Laura mentioned scarlet fever only in one reference in the winter of 1972. Laura's description of Mary's illness in 1972. 1872. Sorry, I wrote 1972. Wow. Laura's description of Mary's illness in 1879, the year she lost her sight, never mentioned scarlet fever. She said she was sick all winter. In April 1879, Mary was 
quote, taken suddenly ill with a pain in her head and it grew worse quickly. She was delirious with an awful fever. We feared for several days she would not get well. Laura vividly describes the illness. One morning when I looked at her, I saw one side of her face was drawn out of shape. Ma Uh said Mary had had a stroke. Local physicians were puzzled. Some say it was a stroke. Some say it was the result of measles. The local newspaper. This is bizarre. I had no idea this happened. I don't know why it's in the paper. The local newspaper confirms Mary's illness in its April 14th, 1879 issue. It reads, Miss Mary Ingalls has been confined to her bed about 10 days with severe headache. It was feared that hemorrhage of the brain had set in and one side of her face has become partially paralyzed. She is now slowly convalescing. Can I buy space in a newspaper to spread fake lies about you? Well, I just feel like the next time one of us gets sick, we have to put these posts <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> a month later, Miss Mary Ingalls is still confined to her bed, and at times her sufferings See, are great. See, this is what I'm talking about. Mary has an inflated sense of importance, because now her fucking illness is in the paper. But I think that this was a common thing. I think That's they just weird. did this. That's weird. Mary's facial paralysis resolved, and she did regain her strength, but her never her sight. Years later... A letter In a letter to her daughter Rose in 1937, Laura wrote, Mary had some sort of spinal sickness. <laughs> she wrote spinal meningitis but crossed it out. A register lists Mary's cause of blindness as brain fever, which was a period term for menin... menin yeah, I read about this. Meningocephalitis. Menin blah blah blah. They simplified it in... Laura simplified it in her novels to Scarlet Fever because, mm-hmm. like... Kids can't understand this. So she didn't have it from Scarlet Fever, but it sounds like like this was like a really simple way for her to get... Like, it sounds like it was dramatic and painful and crazy, the real episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why they didn't put that in. I think they were trying to keep it, like, light. Maybe Melissa Sue Anderson couldn't act that. Let's no, just that would have been too much. That would have been way too much. much. All right, Jen. So that night, Charles and Caroline are outside chatting after the kids go to bed. And he tells Carolyn, and she flips she out. She flips out. Carolyn goes crazy. Uh-huh. Again, I'm seeing this for the first time from a parent's point of view, and I am devastated for these people. Like, it's I, just a whole different perspective for me. Well, when Carolyn came walking out, I'm like, did he not tell Carolyn? And she's all smiling, so I'm like, no, he didn't tell Carolyn uh-huh. yet. So Charles is saying that the doctor could be wrong. The doctor could be wrong. He's not okay. wrong. He's not Doc Baker. I mean, to be fair, they're used to dealing with Doc Baker. Right. The next day, or a day, Jonathan shows up and asks Charles why he missed the Grange meeting. No, we know a couple more weeks have passed because he says, oh, you haven't been around for a few weeks. Okay. And Charles is like, Nana. Do you remember Nana, Jenny? No. That was Dad saying. When I would ask him something, he would go, Nana, none of your business. I don't remember this at all. He said it to me all the time. Dad tried to silence me. Okay, whatever. Often. Okay. So Garvey says the railroads aren't budging and folks are going belly up and Sprague is putting the bank up for sale. How do you sell a bank? I don't even know. But (laughs) but Charles is like, we won't survive without a bank. They didn't have a bank for like eight years. No, wait, hold on. I wrote, Charles doesn't need this shit right now. What are you doing, dude? I know. Charles is like, oh my God, the town's never going to survive. And we could feel his anxiety. He's going to have a mental breakdown. My God, he just had a fourth child. That's true. So later that night, Caroline comes. In, Caroline comes into the drama barn. 
Did and you get what Charles said? He goes, oh, the woman's work is done? What the fuck, Charles? Did you have to throw in some misogynistic comment? It is the 19th century, Jen. Okay. So she's like, well, I could be mending or darning, but I thought I'd hang out with you. <laughs> What's darning mean? I don't darning even Darning socks. Like what the fuck them. is darning a sock? I think Why is that not mending? Them. Why is that not oh. mending? Pause. Okay, we're back. Darning means the skill or activity of mending a hole in knitted material by interweaving yarn. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yep. mending wouldn't have covered that. Okay. Right. Can I get a, you were right, Amy? You were right about a vocabulary word <laughs> and you have an MFA in English. So good job. I don't have an MFA in English. In writing. So good job. Okay. I have a bachelor's degree in English, yeah. which believe it or not, part of the curriculum is not spelling. That would be like me being... Or vocabulary. Like, that's paint, and here's a paintbrush. Yeah, okay. So, Jen, they're in the drama barn, and suddenly we hear glass break, and there's a uh, huge fire in the house. Because now, of course I there have, is. I have to ask you something. I missed what happened because I was looking down, writing something, and Timmy yelled, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I looked up, and the fire was extinguished. And I didn't, I, I couldn't rewind it. I don't want to talk about why. Why? Can't, you can't rewind again? I couldn't rewind it because I didn't have the right remote. I was in my oh living room. Oh, my doesn't God. Have the arrow. So did he, Timmy said he threw a chair out the door? Yes. So, <laughs> so the fire <laughs> was I burning. I I missed that. The fire was burning and Charles runs in and grabs the chair that's on fire and throws it out of the door. And oh. then they... Mimi's, if any of you watch this, can you satisfy my itch and put that in the Mimi Bees Or you could just watch it online at any time. I need to see Charles grabbing the fire chair and throwing it out the door. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And I just wrote that Mary's studying almost burns down another structure on the English again, Warp. Again. So Mary's like, it's so dark in here. I grabbed another lamp and I don't know. So then Charles, like super stressed, right? He starts freaking out on Laura. Yes. Because Laura's like, he's like, get a mop. And Laura's like, I don't want to clean up her mess or something like that. Why do I have to do everything? Your mother said, get a fucking mop. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whoa. He was like Teen Wolf voice. (sighs) I want a keg of beer. (laughs) Did you notice the weird green halos on everyone? Yes. Yes. And that gets worse when Charles goes to church. So I think... It's been a long time since I worked in film, like actual film and not digital. Yeah. I think that it happens when the film got flashed. So like it gets Uh, exposed to light slightly Okay, because it's in the shadows and it's in the highlights. And I think that's what it is. Okay. So Jen, great job, guys. Splasher finale. Nice job. Charles is like, I got to tell Mary, like, I can't keep this up. (laughs) So he decides to go to church middle of the night. He goes to church. Rev comes in. I'm like, Rev, great. Rev, <laughs> this is just what we need. This is just what we need. Public enemy number one yeah, comes this in. Is just what we need. He's just <laughs> hanging around the church, getting it ready for service tomorrow. What do you have to do to get that church ready? I don't know. What? Open Nothing. a book, put it on a Nothing. podium. And he, I think he says Carolyn told him what happened. No, Doc Baker told him what happened. Oh, where are the HIPAA laws? Oh, in or this he read it in the newspaper, Aim. <laughs> I can't believe people's illnesses were in the... I gotta, I gotta dig into this more. Jenny's in the next episode, I'll dig into this more because... How, did they seriously put people's illnesses in the newspaper? I don't know because 
the they only, weren't famous people at that time. Right. The at only all. thing I could think of is was Mary the teacher in the school? I don't think so. No, she was only fourteen. Like they weren't famous. They weren't like Laura didn't write those books till the thirties. Hmm. Jen, I wrote that Charles is lit like a Caravaggio painting again. Did yes, you notice this? Yes. Yes. Rev gives him some bullshit about God having a reason for this and a purpose for this. And Charles is like, fuck not off, happening. Rev. He's like, fuck off, dude. Now we see Mary sitting by a creek and Pa comes to see her. And she's reading by the creek because she can't see. Because the sun is the only light bright enough. Like, she has to know something's wrong. <laughs> so they talk about the railroads. And she says, Seth left to open a livery in Sleepy Eye. And I wrote, then why the fuck was he here at all? Why was he I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Was it like, was it to say, was it to tell us something about like Mary was going to have this amazing life and marry this guy and now it's all ruined by her blindness? I don't know. Maybe. But like, that's not what it needed to be. Mary was going to have an amazing life with or without Seth. But I don't understand. Like, she was like she, training to be a teacher. She was. But she, like, she went blind. Like she didn't turn into like a goat. Like Seth, what's your problem? I know. I know. So then, Jen, Charles tells her about the blindness, and she starts crying, and she runs off. Laura's heard the whole thing, and she starts crying and runs off. And I'm I wrote, like, is Laura going to the mountain again? But I wrote, why is it everyone's instinct to run away when they hear bad news? <laughs> I know. Next time I have to tell you something like, Jen, our downloads are down again or something. I want you to just start just tearing run. up just and run just away. run. Just run. Run out your door. Okay. So now Seth is back, and he's looking for Dumbledore. And Garvey's like, everything is shutting down, dude. The bank, the livery, the mill. And Seth is like, well, I got a livery in Sleepy Eye. And then Garvey's like, did you hear about your girlfriend? She went Because well, everyone knows. It's, it's been in the newspaper. So. so she tells him, and guess what he does? He runs. runs away. He runs. And then did you see he just runs, and then he starts running down the street? Like, do they, do they just... Because now we know the Ingalls is three miles out. Yeah. Does everyone just like run three miles or well, like walk? He doesn't. He doesn't run to Mary's because Laura gives him shit later for not going oh, to see right. Mary. Oh, that's right. That's right. But these right. people just walk six miles a day. I know. So now we have Paul in some meadow. He's moping. He is He's just literally moping. moping. He's moping. Garvey finds him and tells him the mill shut down. Like here I am coming to give you more bad news. Garvey is not a ride or die. Jesus. So, Charles is really struggling, Jen, and he's like, look, I don't give a fuck about the mill, the garage. Oh, like the garage. Jen wrote if, the garage. Wait, 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 wait. The Grange. Like, if this was Edwards, he'd be like, I will go get Mary new eyes. I will rip them out of somebody's head. He's I'll like, be right back. He's like, I will go beat the fuck out of these railroad executives. I'll be right back. A hundred percent. So, Jen, it's morning. And were you triggered? Did you know immediately it was the morning? Well, I just, can I just say one more thing about Pa? I just have that he's emo Pa in that scene. He is. He's he so needs emo. a hug. He needs me there. <laughs> he's like, I don't care about anything. I was waiting for the cure music to start playing. <laughs> so, did, like, you remembered that she went blind in the morning. I didn't exactly remember exactly when oh, it happened. I remembered it. I wrote, now it's morning. Oh, my God, it's the morning. And everybody's doing their own thing. And then well, Mary suddenly starts screaming. And then Carolyn's sitting there with what clearly is an empty blanket. I know. Slash Grace. <laughs> Mary suddenly starts screaming. I can't see, Pa. I can't see. Notice she yells for Pa, not Ma. I know. Yeah. She's freaking out. Pa's holding her, trying to calm her down. And I'm just like, she's like, don't let me go. Don't let me go. And 
again, seeing this from a parent's point of view, yeah. I was getting so emotional. Like, I, I really struggled through these two episodes. It was just super <laughs> emotional for me. So, for some reason, I've yet to figure out, they decide to go to Doc Baker. Carolyn and, and Carolyn Car- and Charles. Yeah. I mean, I think they're just looking for, like, what do we do? Like, how do, we, how do we help this? What do we do? But he actually gives them good advice. See, whenever Doc Baker sends you to someone else, yeah, it's like good advice. Like, go, fu- go talk to this other person. <laughs> then they're okay. Yeah. So he tells them that if they do too much for Mary, she won't learn to do anything for herself. And he suggests a blind school in Burton, Iowa. Yes. Okay. So Charles and Carolyn are like, really? And I'm like, how do you do this? How do you send your kid away? Especially then, because like, yes. it's not like he had a phone. So back at home, Mary is just sitting in a rocking chair, staring off into space, and she doesn't look much different than when she's has her sight. <laughs> the same look, yeah. Laura's trying to help, but Mary's not having it. Like, well, she's normally like, can I brush I'd your be hair? Like, Get the fuck away from me! Well, normally, like, it's, you don't really, like, it's not good to have sighted people play blind people but like in this case she had to play a sighted person for like four years yeah (laughs) so like in this case it's okay right 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 so i wrote they made her a bed downstairs and mary is angry and mean yes and jenny reminds me of trying to talk to you from age 16 to 19 what the fuck does that even mean like, i, I wouldn't even approach you because you were like a scorpion get away from me <laughs> i didn't talk to you then those exactly years. exactly so carolyn comes home and she tries to talk to mary and she tells mary about the blind school mary is not having it she's like you're trying to send me away you're trying to send me away and i wrote not wrong I wrote, oh my god oh my god this is heartbreaking and she starts sobbing please don't send me away and carolyn she does the right thing. Like, she gets tough with her. Well, it's funny because I noticed Carolyn's gray hair. And I'm like, did she have that gray hair this morning or did this just happen? <laughs> so Carolyn gets tough with her and she's like, Mary, you have to go. And like, like you you're can't going. just sit around here and mope. Like, you're that's going. That can't be your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Laura goes, then Laura goes to sets and she starts crying and she's like, why have you not come out to see Mary? Like, Mary hasn't changed, dick bag. I love my sister. I thought you did too. What? I know. News to us. Wow. And Seth is all like, I don't know what to say. So, So then we see him at Mary's and it's all super awkward. She's like, I hope that, you know, you're okay with waiting a little bit till my vision clears up. You know, I know everybody yeah, in town is probably saying... This and nuisance I mean, with my eyes. She's clearly in denial. And I, again, yeah. never thought I'd say this sentence. I feel super bad for Mary. Yeah. Yep. So then she falls and it's the acting here that's the problem. She like Isn't takes that always a little the tumble and he goes to grab her and she like switches it up to 25. Yeah, Get like... the fuck away from me! And like, you know, don't touch me. So he's like, okay. I wrote, she screams like a wild cat. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay. So then, Jen, we see Paul and Garvey and they're packing up the team. Yep. And they're loading Mary into the the wagon, the covered wagon. Yeah. So Walnut Grove is three. So Mary did go to school in Iowa. It was a different town, but close to this one. I don't know why they had to name it something different. Whatever. It's a three hour drive by automobile, and it's a two day walk. So not too far, but I thought they far took the days. train. They did take the train, but I'm just giving you an idea. Why are they home. giving the railroads money? 
I know. Like, I, well, I mean, it's They're a three-hour drive by a regular car, so you figure by wagon it would have been like, I don't know, two days probably. The railroads are the enemy here. Fuck I them. I know. All right, so we see this all happening, and they're loading Mary into the wagon, and Carolyn's not going, and I realize it's probably because she can't leave Grace. Right. Like, it's not like she can pump yeah. and leave. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. So the wagon pulls away, Jen. That's the end of part one. Yes. Uh, did you catch Laura trying to say goodbye to Mary? She's like, I love you. Oh, they you. are not getting along at this point in time. Trying to say goodbye. And, and this would have been, you know, like a, a good scene would have been Laura and Ma, like later that night, and Laura saying, like, I feel so guilty. I wish such bad things on Mary because of this Seth situation. Well, now I feel like the cold response Mary gives her is warranted. Like, you've been a bitch to me, and now you're trying to be nice. No, 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 Fuck off. Fuck off, No, 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 no. Fuck off. I'm not no, going to ease your guilt. No. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ease your guilt. Mm-hmm. No. Mary has been a stone-cold bitch to Laura <laughs> from day one. <laughs> day one. She's always like, imagine a sister that's always like, what? You can't miss school. You're going to da 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 I'm going to tell Pa. I'm doing this. And then all the boys are flocking all over her? No. And Laura's just always, I hate Mary. Imagine right, sister's always so. like, I hate Mary. With justification. With provocation. Well, now Laura feels guilty, and she should. Are you drinking out of a Graham glass? Yeah. Let me yep. see it. Oh, boy. Wow. Hmm. Graham had these, like, how would you describe those? It's, it's like green. It's a green glass. It's like a heavy, it's heavy glass. glass. It's like it's a 70s. Green. Totally. And she used to give me, when I would go down her house for lunch, like the goblet. Oh, version. I have a couple of those, too. Yeah. 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 And then, guys, she would give me a sandwich, and she had olives with toothpicks all in them, and she'd that put them in That was super strange. Well, she knows I love olives, so she I know, but me, like, why are they on toothpicks sticking out of the sandwich? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think she just used to fuck with me after a while. <laughs> Was that her presentation? Probably. All right, Jenny. So this is a tough one to answer today, but whose fault is this? So I have the, this is Scarlet Fever's fault, <laughs> which led me to, is this Edward's fault? Did oh, he bring Scarlet no. Fever to Walnut Grove? Oh, no. Feels like he probably did, right? <laughs> Didn't he bring all the shit to Walnut Grove? I go to know. a saloon and get a disease and bring it back to Walnut Grove. I have, this is the eye doctor's fault. Why did he get Mary's hopes up that, oh, this was just regular eye strain the first time? Yeah. And not properly take her medical history. Yes. And understand what yeah. was happening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I understand medicine was tough back then. I mean, we've seen the disaster that Tom Baker is. <laughs> yeah. But he should have at least gotten her complete medical history, knew about the scarlet fever, and started to prepare these people for this. Yes. But well, no. Although I feel like he tried to prepare Charles the second time and it backfired horribly. Yeah, but why Like, why would he send her home the first time and be like, everything's Because he didn't fine. know. He didn't know. Yeah, I know. Why I mean, I don't know, know how sophisticated their tools were at the time either. That's true. Okay. All right, at the end of every episode, Jenny and I will look back on a theme or some kind of lesson or scar that we took with us from the original viewing when we saw it as kids or on the rewatch, you know, something maybe that we missed and we are rediscovering as adults. Although I might say you're elderly, Jenny, as an elderly I'm only three person. years older than you. 
And are you trying to say negative things about elderly people? Because <laughs> mom and dad might be listening. No, they're not listening. <laughs> All right. So we call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, what is your why for this episode? So this is why we thought the worst thing in the world that could happen to you is you'd go blind. And it's not. Like, I feel like they make such a dramatic, and not not underscoring how dramatic it would be to lose a sense, right? Like, that's a traumatizing thing, but, like, it stigmatizes it almost, I feel but like. But I feel like, like they destigmatize it in the second episode. Yeah, but in the first one, they don't. Like, it's like... Well, they make it a big dramatic thing in that family. Well, but don't forget, at this time, so many worse things could have happened to her. Like, what if it was some kind of infection? Like, she could have died. There was no antibiotics. Like... Like, and we know yeah. that's what really happened. Like, losing her sight is... Because it was tra- in the paper. ...is traumatic, but, like, she could live a totally fine life. Like, there's... No, you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's. See, I disagree. I think there were not a lot of accommodations for people there back were, then. We, there were. There were. I mean, not like it is now. I mean, it's right. way better now. But, right. But there, you know, there was definitely... She went to a blind school for, like, eight years. Like, there's definitely a way to do it. There, Like... There are far worse fates. Like, this is not the worst thing that can yeah, happen to you. But you're it felt like you're viewing it through a 21st century lens, though. That's the only lens I have because I, like, I didn't live in the 1800s. When you live in a time where, like, in other words, you have to be physically able to do work. Like, there's just no accommodations for people. But what was she going to do? She was going to be a teacher. Right. And then where is she going? To a blind school. So obviously there is a need for blind teachers. Right. I agree. But, you know, there's only so many blind teaching positions open. Like, what are all the other girls doing? It's not like, I mean, it's not like she was going to be a farmer, right? Or it's not like, you know, like, she. I just feel like. This is after Braille, so she'd be able to read. Like. I feel like for the most part, your livelihood depended on you being able-bodied. To an extent, not necessarily for a woman. It's not like women had careers. It's not like women worked. Most women I, stayed home and took care of kids. I just think it was a lot harder. Like they probably I'm just sure saw it was the hard road ahead for yeah. her. Sure. And I just this made me really appreciate all of the accommodations we have come forward yeah. with for differently accessibility. People. Yep. Yep. Like this is you know, you're right. It used to be a death sentence. Not a death sentence. It's but not like, a death sentence. It used to be the end of something. It felt like yeah. an end to something or the, the like, death of a dream or, you know what I mean? And, well, and it, was, it is but it not was, that now. But it also was clearly stigmatized. Like, they, they, Doc Baker convinces them to take Mary to the school, but it sounds like a lot of people didn't do that. And people right. just would stay home and, like, not be able to fend. Like, you have, you have to learn how to... How to manage. Yeah. yeah. But, like, there's... It seems so dramatic at the time, and, like, looking at it now, it's like they're... they're Like, there are so many worse things that could happen. Well, I just feel like every family has its own legacy, and in the legacy of the Ingalls family, Mary losing her sight was probably a big traumatic... Sure. ...incident, because it changed yeah. the dynamic of their family. It changed... You know, Mary essentially left... Yeah. At this point. Yep. So, like, Laura writing it probably made it this huge deal because it was to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and... Yeah, because how this turns out in the TV show is not how it turned out in real life. Right, right. Yeah. So, I feel like 
I'm not surprised that it is a focal point of the series because it's probably a focal point of the books. But was it right to stigmatize it so much? I mean, they kind of make up for it in the second episode a little bit. They stigmatize mental health instead. But there's but, my, but there's my <laughs> in question. In the 70s. In the 70s, right? Right. Like, but are they, are they showing us how somebody would have responded in the 19th century? But I feel like they take liberties with other things. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you know, they're not sticking to, they're not sticking to historical accuracy in the show. They're not. Right. So mm, like why sometimes, pick? Sometimes they do. Or do you think the fact that they like picked the that like Mary racism. got married and had kids and like, do you think that that's how they try to destigmatize it? I think that's how they try to destigmatize it. And certainly they do in the second episode. Okay. Yeah. They, they redeem themselves, guys. Just hang in there till next week. <laughs> There's redemption coming. Okay, so Jenny, I wrote, do you remember when we started this series? And I said to you in either episode one, two, or three, I was like, wow, I had Caroline, like, pegged all wrong in my mind. Yes. Like, I thought she was this, like, weak-willed, distant, cold mother. I know, which I was shocked at, yeah. I think this episode is why. Like, episodes like this where she is very... Like, when you're a kid, you don't realize how strong a parent has to be to give tough love. Mm -hmm. You see it through a kid's eyes, and you're like, wow, Carolyn's harsh, and she's not going with Mary to any of this. Yeah. And she's just, like, hands off. Mm -hmm. And when I saw, like, I think it's episodes like this that I always thought she was not a great mother. Mm. But I was really wrong, because when I see it as a parent, I'm like, Carolyn's doing the exact right thing. Yeah, yeah. And that takes a lot of strength. Like, if it were me, Timmy and I were talking about this. Like, if it was me, I would not be able to send my kid away. With yeah. her crying and sobbing like that? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. It'd be really hard. And Timmy's like, but you would have to. You'd have to. And I'm like, well, you would have to make me. Because <laughs> Timmy would have to punch you out. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> but it was interesting. And it's interesting, too, that they make Charles the heavy on so much of this. Mm-hmm. Because you have to wonder, is it because Laura clearly idolized him in the books? Or is it because he's trying to spare Carol in this? Well, but also don't forget they have this brand new baby at this time. Right. So, like, she's dealing with that. Like, that baby is new. Yes. Yeah. 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 But this is why I had a really wrong, inaccurate Mm -hmm. impression of Carolyn. And she, like, I've come to know her as a badass now. Yeah. So, like, I definitely feel like I owe her an apology. Okay. Okay. All right, Jenny. So, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? We've talked about it, but go ahead. What is coming up next is I'll be waving as you... (laughs) I keep wanting to say I'll be driving as you wave away. (laughs) (laughs) That's dark. (laughs) I'll be waving as you drive away part two. Feeling lost and abandoned, Mary battles anger and self-pity at a school for the blind. But soon she finds a source of hope in her new teacher, Adam Kendall. Jenny's man. And as they work together, they find they have much in common. Meanwhile, back in Walnut Grove, many are forced to consider the real possibility of having to start a new life elsewhere as the town's economy erodes and work becomes scarce. Okay. All right. So, um, guys, stay tuned for next week. If you haven't already, join our Mimi B Facebook group. We, um... We do a lot of nonsensical things in there. We share old pictures of ourselves. We talk about Little House. We gush on Charles Ingalls, not the real one, Michael Landon, in the 70s only. 
and um, you know we just share a bunch of stuff and it's a lot of fun so join us in the Mimi Bees if you can and we want to thank you for listening and we will see you soon Hi everyone, Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisiswhy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.